This is Arby. And this is Michael. And you're listening to Powerverse. A weekly look at what it means to be gay and queer in the world today. Get into it. Henny. <laughs> On this episode of Powerverse, if we're going to use this word to talk about immediacy, maybe we need to look and see the, its origin. Welcome to Powerverse. Welcome to Powerverse. This is episode four. Can you believe it? We say that every time. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? No, I can't. I really can't. I can't believe that we're still doing this, actually. (laughs) I'm tired. My brain hurts. I think a lot about this shit. (laughs) It's hard, like, having an opinion and speaking it to people. (laughs) You know, and then hoping that people are going to really take to what you have to say. Exactly. So if you're still with us, thank you, because... We don't know why you are. No, no, no. We no, know we why act- you are. We're happy that you're with us, and we're we're uh, we're grateful. How's your week been? My week's been pretty good. I've decided to take a little bit of time in India, mm. have a little eat, pray, love, and fuck moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just gonna be eat, pray, fuck. I don't think you're gonna fall in love in India, but you never know. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, um, I'm excited about. It. I'm going. I'm going to spend about a month there, backpacking around. Uh, I'm going to go to an amazing wedding. I'm going to visit some friends, and then see where you know life takes me. On this episode of Powerverse, we really wanted to approach this idea of immediacy as a topic and as a theme. And so as we were sitting down and discussing what immediacy was, immediacy being this principle that's one of the 10 principles of Burning Man, which Arby and I have both spent spent our time time at Burning Man. (laughs) In fact, our friendship was pretty, was cemented. Definitely. At Burning Man. At Burning Man. Yeah. Immediacy is this Burning Man principle that is actually the one of the 10 guiding principles of Burning Man. According to their website, they define immediacy as immediate experience in many ways is the most important touchstone of value in the Burning Man culture. People that go to Burning Man seek to overcome barriers that stand between them and a recognition of their inner selves, the reality of those around them and participation in society and contact with a natural world exceeding human powers. It's this concept that no idea can really substitute for experience, right? That you are living in the moment and that a knowledge and power is gained from experiencing something as opposed to viewing it. So it's saying yes to this moment right now. Going through the motions and feeling the entire moment versus it being an idea. Yeah, exactly. It's it's about throwing yourself in instead of waiting, right? It's related to participation, I think, as well, not being a spectator, but being a participant. And in our lives, I think that both of us have tried really hard to integrate immediacy into how we live. Even this podcast is an example of not sitting back and waiting, but saying yes to the idea that we have, that this idea... Acting on it and following through with it. Immediacy is instead of waiting and instead of letting yourself think and think and think about something, it's about the action of doing. This is something that I think both of us really value in our lives. It's something that we wanted to talk about on the podcast. As we're sitting down, as we're talking about it, we wanted to title this podcast, The Magic of Yas. 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 And that came from this sign that I built to bring to Burning Man with me. And I built this sign um, to celebrate this concept of immediacy. And originally I was gonna put yes on a sign, a big eight foot sign with wooden letters that just said yes on it. But around this time was when yes had become pretty popular and pretty mainstream. It was definitely popular in mainstream culture. It was a, you know, 
everyone was saying the term yas. Yas. So I built the sign. I you know built. I got these big marquee letters that were like two feet tall and Y A A A S. Yas. Yas. And I showed up at Burning Man, and I actually showed up at Arby's camp carrying this eight foot tall sign that lights up and says yas on it. It's a really cool sign. It's. A, I mean, I'm still pretty proud of the sign. I walked around with this sign, and it really you know it brought people to us. A lot of gay people would come up to us and say yas and want to take pictures with it. And to I be think, quite, I think Paris Hilton said yas. Yeah, and this year Paris Hilton <laughs> came up to me and came right up to me and said, yes, 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 queen. I, I loved this idea of immediacy, and I've really loved this idea of yes. And in fact, I came up with an entire ethos of yes that, that builds on immediacy. And the way I described it, I said, to say yes is more than just submitting to immediacy and saying yes to the moment. It's about jumping headfirst into life with enthusiasm, with joy, and with your whole heart never taking yourself too seriously and always smiling and laughing through every adventure. Ultimately saying yes will take you on an unimaginable journeys and lead you to your ultimate joy and happiness. And I do believe that. I think that when we jump headfirst into life and when we stop thinking so much, <laughs> we actually can unlock a lot of potential opportunities that would, wouldn't have been there if we waited and thought and thought and thought and thought. When you just act and we're brave and we go with our gut. Exactly. We're planning this episode and we're sitting down and we're starting to outline what is it that we really want to talk about when it comes to immediacy. And I notice that Arby, every single time I, I, I mention the title. I'm just very, I, I, I'm kind of a little squirmish. I'm a little reluctant uh -huh. because I'm not real. I'm thinking we can't, although I totally believe in the notion of immediacy and I do ascribe, try to apply that in my life. I couldn't allow us to discuss immediacy with the lens of yes. Right. And I was confused. I think I, you know, throughout this whole process, I've been sitting here trying to, was trying to figure out why is he so reluctant? This is, a, this is, this is the sign that I built and brought to Burning Man and our camp loves it. And, and why can't we use and, yes? And then I thought, and I said, hey, hey, Michael, I understand that you want to discuss immediacy. We want to talk about yas, but we really need to deconstruct the origin of yas. If we're going to use this word to talk about immediacy, maybe we need to look and see the, its origin and get a, an, an understanding of how this word has kind of seeped or has become very pronounced in our culture. And we're not the first person to do this. So uh, we ended up finding this awesome history of the origin of the word yes uh, on this podcast, Reply All. And so the host, PJ Voigt, he breaks down where the word really comes from. And what, the way that he does is that he goes backwards, right? So he says that most recently, yes has become popularized because most people heard it on Broad City with the character that Alana Glazer plays using yes and even teaching the child that she babysits how to say yes and also teaching her friend how to say yes. Right. From there, you know, Alana Glazer in an interview, she said she attributed it to a Lady Gaga fan who was Same reacting yes to how Lady Gaga was dressed. Was dressed, exactly. And for me personally, the word yes was popularized by a friend of mine, Jarvis Durrell, who created this Instagram uh, called She Has Had It. But then things got... <laughs> a little bit fuzzy in the history for me. And what I learned was that yes actually is one of many words that was used by queer people of color. Yeah. Yes was a word that was created in the queer community of color 
in the 80s, specifically in the ballroom scene, as a term of endearment and support for, for gays and queers in a society that wasn't providing them with that support and, and making it very challenging to have a day-to-day -day existence. One of the best parts of this podcast, Reply All, is when PJ Voigt actually interviews someone from the documentary Paris is Burning, and this is how he explains why language was used. Truthy was producing this interview, so she was sitting in the room. I, I think it also makes so much more sense, like, hearing this, that that you, you feel that anger or frustration when you see words like shady uh -huh. being thrown around because it's not just words that are being taken. It's like it's these are the people and, yeah. who made these words, like mm -hmm. the people you're talking about, the people you mm -hmm. miss. It's like it's them. And it was kind of like code. It was We were speaking code, you know, for no one else to understand us, just us, you know. It was our code against society, so to speak, you know. As we're listening to PJ Voigt from Reply All explain the history and the origin of the word yes, I begin to have this sinking feeling in my stomach, and I realize I'm a gay, cisgendered, white male, and I've completely appropriated a word that originated with queer people of color unknowingly. And in that moment, I look over at you, and I think we kind of both nod hmm. in agreement that we're not going to title this episode Yas. We can't. We can't. It's, it's, it's an example. It would be an example of cultural appropriation, and you were processing those feelings of having committed that. And I felt like a stupid white bitch, to And it's be one of those moments. <laughs> and, for, and for me, it was one of those moments where I look over and... And it's like, okay, I see here go here here I see one of my really great queer white friends having this re response and this reaction to committing cultural appropriation unknowingly, and and in a way that was supposed to be very good natured. So I ask you, why did you decide to use yas to talk about immediacy? And as I sat there pondering why I wanted to write yas instead of yes. I realized I really wanted a way to communicate this concept in the queerest fashion that I could do so. And so I chose Yas because I wanted to communicate that I was gay and queer and that I was proud of that and that I was going to walk around Burning Man holding this giant sign that said Yas to almost act as like a clarion call to the other faggots at Burning Man. That, that I am gay. Uh-huh. And that I am living my immediacy. I wanted to talk about immediacy and being present in a way that was very uniquely queer. Because that, at this point, society, mainstream society, has recognized that Yas is a gay expression, is a way to express yourself as a queer. Exactly. We're sitting here and we're thinking about how you decided to use yes as a way to express yourself at Burning Man in a way that's uniquely queer, that one of the things that we should probably discuss or, or talk about is how queer people, or really marginalized people, have always used language as a way to protect themselves and their identity. And then I began to tell you an example in my own life how in college, when I was still very much in the closet, me and a group of friends had developed this language that we use, that we probably weren't even conscious that we were 
fully conscious that we were using it to protect ourselves, but we developed all these communication patterns to express ourselves and talk about guys or talk about things that were very unique to our journey of being gay and being queer. So tell me about this language. What is the language called? So the language is called, <laughs> the language is called Fusi, mm-hmm. and it's essentially it, Fusi is a neologism, if, if I believe it's a, a newly coined term. And the way it began was we would call each other foolish. We would say things that we were doing were foolish. We decided that foolish was, was a regular term. You know, that was already a word. So we wanted to get creative. And we knew that if we were calling each other foolish in front of certain people, they would wonder what that, you know, like what it was that we did that was foolish. Hmm. So we created a new term and we called it FUSI. And we utilized FUSI to describe events. We utilized it to describe people. We really used it to describe ourselves. It became a very generic term. Like any, uh, I think, hidden language or hidden code, the beauty of it was that we, w- we could talk about it amongst ourselves, just he and I or the group of guys that it ended up being, it's probably now about five or six guys that uh, know how to, to apply the terminology of this, this language. Mm-hmm. But we could also utilize it in front of friends that were not gay or, 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 or queer. Or uh-huh. That was also the beauty is that we could have these secret com- conversations with one another and be on the, on the same page while in a setting with people that were not gay. Right. So it was a way for us to protect our identities. It was a way for us to protect ourselves because we didn't want the larger community to find out we were in the closet. We were scared of revealing who we were. Right. There was this pressure that we didn't, there was this pressure for us to be, to act and portray ourselves in a certain way. And we weren't comfortable recognizing that it's fine who we are as gay men. So we were protecting ourselves through language. Right. Your example of of creating Fusi is similar to a language actually that was used by gay men in London in the 1960s and 70s called Polari, right? And Polari was, it means to talk in Italian and it was a hidden language used by gay men in England to navigate their sexual identities without being caught by the police. Homosexuality in the UK was criminalized until 1967, and it forced gay men to come up with a language so that they could speak with one another in a way that they could communicate freely without incriminating themselves. Exactly. And some of the language is still spoken today. So blowjob actually is a Polari word. It was, you, you could talk about a blowjob without, at least in the 60s, I mean, we know what a blowjob is yeah, today. We definitely know what a DJ is. <laughs> but, but back then, a blowjob was derived from American slang, and it was a way to talk about that sexual act without Something. saying, I'm a guy and I want to suck your dick. Um, and yes, so, you know, when I think back into college, that was exactly what we were doing, although we weren't we weren't doing anything that would result in, you know, us being locked up or anything like that. Pressure of that that pressure of homophobia in the community forced us to communicate in this pattern. Right, exactly. The history of Polari, uh, as explained in this article, is pretty murky. But these two authors, Joe Stanley and Paul Baker, they wrote this book called Hello Sailor, the history, hidden history of gay life at sea. And they actually trace Polari's origins back to the secret language that was used by thieves. So gay men in London pubs and taverns, they'd use uh, this, uh, this thieves language called Kant. And it was used to socialize and to make sexual contact. So for example, the word trade, which both in Kant and in Polari means sexual partner, it's still used by many gay men today. The years go on, and Polari kind of 
builds up and there's more and more uh, there's more and more words like naf means bad bevy means drink camp means effeminate and polari picked up all these words usually that were italian in origin and it was mostly from circus and traveling communities or prostitution rings um, sailors and also in the theater world it was really really a popular language amongst choir boys and dancers and actors. And it's interesting that Polari was popularized in those communities because I feel like, at least in my background in musical theater and my work working on Broadway and in the theater world of New York City, there's a lot of words that come to life that are used that are popular amongst gay men in that community that I think are, you, you know, there are original words that come out of those communities. What's interesting about Polari is that similar to how you used Fusi is that it's not really a language. It's what you know language experts would call a cryptolect, which is a is, you know you use slang words to identify yourself that sound like nonsense to other people. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a full out language. It's a it's a style of communication. Exactly, and it's usually just little words peppered here and there mm-hmm. that identify. I'm a gay man, and if you know the words, then you're gonna know I'm a gay man, yes. and then you can use those words as well to, to identify, identify yourself, yourself as gay. to me, mm-hmm. exactly. All of these are great examples of how we as a community have used language to protect ourselves from the outside world. And from white men. Yeah, honestly, mostly from white men. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, as, we circle, as I circle back and I think about my use of the word yas and what it was that I was trying to do there, it really was, I mean, it was cultural appropriation for which I feel bad. I feel, I just feel dumb. You know, I really pride myself that I'm this worldly queer person who is woke and aware of what I'm doing. And here, sitting here working on this, you know, podcast with you, that I still have so much education and learning and wokeness to come to, that it's, it's humbling in a way. And so yeah. I'm really, I feel grateful that one of my closest friends that is a person of color, I felt grateful that you could call me out on it and that you could teach me and yes. educate me. Yeah, I'm happy that I was that we were able to have that educational moment. And also that out of that moment, we were able to realize and recognize, you know, tools that queers, marginalized groups of people have been using to escape um, and protect themselves. Right. It's about that time where we share a little bit. Yeah, let's get a little. Let's get personal. Let's 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 share the details that most people maybe don't even want to hear from us, but we're gonna tell them. About the hottest hookup of the week. Of and, the week, and this is a special edition this week. This is our best New York City hookup. We were both recently in New York, and uh, we both have some cute little tales to tell. We were being New York kitties. Yeah, you know when we go back there, we are. We're just like on the prowl. We know what we can do we know how to work it it was really i mean we both came of age in our sexual identity in new york, in new york city, city. this is like you know i would say like after leaving new york has been coming into our, maybe our sexual maturity or maybe maybe i don't know i don't feel that mature to be honest but um, no, i'm so sexually uh i'm still i'm still evolving oh absolutely you know but yeah no to that point it is it's always fun going back to new york and Feeling the sexual energy of that city mm. and being on the prowl and mm. <laughs> the hunt. Things <laughs> when you talk about things you've learned in New York, I definitely think I picked up this what I thought was this ability to like I fuck. Uh. And the the hookup that I want to share Jesus is God. how my eye fucking was 
you know, for once, uh, resulted in a hot hookup. Because a lot of times it really just results in some really um, awkward interactions where I'm staring into someone's soul, hoping I see a soul, and they're like (laughs) kind of looking back at me like, what are you doing? Why are you looking at me so so fucking intensely? This successful I fucking moment, I'm walking down the street. Mm. So to provide what some street context are you on? where I'm, <laughs> I guess it's like now that I mentioned the area, it's not that hard. But I was in Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! I was walking down the street and I saw a faggot that I wanted to fuck, and I looked at them with my eyes. Okay, keep going. Anyway, friend and I were walking down the street and we're we're doing our our New York walk. You know, we're we're beating those streets. You mm-hmm. know that that confidence you boom, have boom, in boom, Chelsea. Boom. You both think you look cute, which we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fun. Funny thing is, is that I lock eyes with this hot guy, um, and I'm like giving him that stare, and my friend keeps walking. I kind of stop, and I'm like, he and I we're following each other's eyes, and then I do like a double take, and I turn around and look over my shoulder, and he looks back, mm. and he kind of nods at me, and then I turn back around, and I see that my friend is still pacing ahead of me. <laughs> She didn't know you had found your prey. And I'm like, I'm like, hey, hey, yo, yo, yo. I was like, reach out and call out to my girl. And I'm like, all right, um, I think that there's a situation here. Um, my double take connected, and I'm gonna explore this moment. So I like walk up to the guy, and I'm like, kind of like, hey, what, you know, what's going on? And then he was like, you were looking at me, you know, pretty intensely there. And I was just like, I like what I see. And he was like, I live nearby. And I was like, okay, that's kind of cute. So that that moment happens, and anyway, he's like, you want to come back to my place? And I go back. Right then. Yeah. He's like, you want to? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's like, do you want to come back to my, my apartment? And I'm like, yeah. And he was coming from the gym. He was like, I need to shower. And I go back to No, the- you don't. <laughs> <laughs> San Francisco me would have said, no, you don't. Right. New York, York me, I was like, yeah, go ahead, you can get in the shower. Anywho, um, we go back to his place. Cleanliness is next to godliness. We go back to his place, and it results in a, into a really hot, passionate hookup. But it was really hot, you know, that whole interaction. Hmm. Great, that's amazing. Yeah, so what's yours like? My New York City moment. Well, so I went back to New York. It's probably been, I mean, it's been almost eight or nine months since I've been back there. But four years ago, right before I met my ex, I was hooking up with this guy who is, surprise, surprise, a twink, and (laughs) hashtag habits. Um, (laughs) You know, we just had this very raw sexual energy that was always exciting and fun, and then he moved away. Um, And I also got, no, actually, we had this raw sexual energy. Uh, He actually lived right around the corner from my place of employment so i would often just take a little nice lunch break if you will and uh, oh, you were doing the lunch loads i was doing <laughs> <laughs> so i uh yeah i would take a little break and i would go uh and we'd have sex and i'd go back to work and it was great it was fun it was light and easy and i got in a relationship and it ended and he ended up going back home he moved home for a few years and then uh but we've kept in touch we have a very you know <laughs> He likes to send me videos. I send him videos. It's a a digital, yeah. We there's a lot of reminiscing. He is a sexually evolved twink, which I appreciate. And he's also happens to be very, very smart. He's a doctoral student, so it's not you know he's not a dumb twink. So that sounds like the sex thing was very interesting. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, it was like you know one one minute I'm getting a highbrow sex thing. Exactly. He uh, highbrow raising. <laughs> yes. 
and we, you know, we've, we just kind of have, it's, I guess it's a little, it's a little relationship, you know, we send each other videos, we send each other pictures, we talk about our sexual exploits with each other. And so he found out I was in New York. He saw that I posted on Facebook, I was back and I got a text from him at about midnight that was like, where are you? I, I want you to come over. And I was at a party. It was like a Thursday night. And, you know, I said, you know, I, I, I can't leave this party right now. But uh, give me a give me a few, and I uh, texted him at three in the morning. I said, Are "You still awake?" And he Classic said, "He said, yeah." Of us. <laughs> he said, "Yeah, I'm still up, but just barely." And I said, "Well, I can make it over right now." And he lived in <laughs> Harlem, which is it's up there, quite the journey. But you know, because we know hashtag grateful in, for Uber. Because <laughs> we know you were deep in the bowels of Brooklyn. <laughs> of course, I was in Brooklyn. Of course, I was in Brooklyn. <laughs> And, you know, there was parting that's like, am I really, is this really worth, you know, a $30, 30-minute 30 Uber? To, $30 sometimes. Yeah, but, you know, you have to put a, you have to put a dollar sign on yeah. it. It's like, okay, is there surge pricing right now? Because if there's surge pricing, I don't know if I should make that journey. And then even when I got there, you know, there's all that anticipation. Like, it's been four years since we've hooked up. It's been quite a while. We're sexually different. Even though we've had this, like, you know, texting relationship, is that really going to translate to, like, some passionate, hot fucking and it did it was great nice. we had a great time i uh slept over we cuddled a little bit and then uh you know i had to wake up actually like four hours after i fell asleep and i got on my way and it was great he actually he lived right next door to the mormon church so oh, <laughs> i walked right by and i said thank you so much <laughs> jesus for bringing him into my life but no it was great it was fun so it was worth the thirty. It's a. It was worth the thirty-minute Uber. It was worth the thirty-minute Uber. It was worth the thirty dollars. <laughs> Not to reduce it. Today's guest is media list, blogger, personality host of VH1 Celebrities, Jarvis in the Elevator, and guest writer and on-air correspondent for MTV Style. Jarvis is best known for his infectious energy, keen wit, quick comedic timing, and definitive love of fashion. Jarvis is also the writer slash creator of the popular Instagram handle at She Has Had It, garnering a devoted celebrity following, including the likes of Katy Perry, Rihanna, and Ariana Grande, to name a few. This, in turn, has earned Jarvis write-ups in numerous publications in magazines like Paper, W, Vogue, Vanity Fair, and recently the New York Times. Well, hi, Jarvis. We're so happy to have you today here Thanks. on Powerless. Hi. Thanks for... Thanks for- Hi. Thanks for having me. She has had it, it, your Instagram account. It really is, you know, a love letter from you to New York City, I think. And I think part of the charm of every all the photos that you caption is we can all, you know, kind of relate to what it's like to be a hot mess in New York City. And so we just wanted to start, like, what's your New York City story? What brought you to the city originally? Oh, my God. So crazy. Um, what brought me to the city originally was musical theater and a love of musical theater and performing. Um, I got my degree in musical theater and I moved to New York with my best friend, Josh, like fresh face and just full of hopes and dreams that were immediately crushed. But still, I was like really excited to come here. I moved to New York from Florida, fresh out of college. I had no money besides my best friend. We knew absolutely no one. And it just has been a crazy journey ever since. You came to New York and now with nothing, like you said, and now you are traveling around the world. You're on MTV and VH1 oh. and 
Can you believe that when you and I met, you were I was struggle bus. You, I was struggle you bus. You were struggle bus. I mean, who's who? Who has not had a ticket to the on the struggle bus in New York? Oh, girl, I was the ring leader of the struggle bus. My middle name. So, in the context of all of that, like, how did she has had it come to be? Well, here's the thing. So I started She Has Had It my first, literally my first day of living in New York. I was raised so religiously conservative. I didn't get drunk until I was 21. And so on my 21st birthday, drank so much, blacked out. The next morning, they were all like, girl, you had it. So we've been saying <laughs> she has had it in college forever. And then like when I moved to New York, we get on the train and this woman like curses everyone out. And then within five seconds, she falls asleep and me and Josh were living for her. And so I just took a picture and started this like album on my Facebook so it had been on a part of my life literally from my very first day in New York but it didn't really become anything until right up until the point where I met you Michael was not I wasn't necessarily acting anymore I was kind of I fell out of love with the business I had just finished the national tour I was really just like I don't really want to do this anymore and she has had it like honestly came like it, when I put it on Instagram and Tumblr and all of that stuff like my life was literally rock bottom. I was being evicted from my apartment in Hell's Kitchen. I didn't have a job. I was literally counting quarters to buy ramen at the bodega. Like, it was just a really weird paradox. And then all of a sudden, this, like, account is just blowing up. I'm not making a dime, but I'm. it's, like, taking, like, it's opening doors and, like, it eventually just, like, turned into something just out of control. In a sense, you had had it at that point. Girl, <laughs> I had it. I was, I, I needed something to have. So who for you is like a typical she has had it target? How do you decide who appears on the Instagram? Because I know at this point, I mean, I've sent you. Yeah, so many. I know. (laughs) How do you decide? How do you curate it at this point? So I think it's essentially whatever just makes you just like smile or not. It's not that it has to be funny because I feel she has had it kind of gives narratives to like the unsung things in New York. So um, I don't know. It's a lot of things. Like it could be a mannequin and I will make it, I try to make it so funny, but who's, maybe I'm the only one laughing, but still like it just in various states of like, wow, I don't know. It just, it, anything could be on She Has Had It, honestly. Definitely. And that's the interesting thing about New York. I love how you mentioned, you know, you kind of go through your day and you're like, okay, I'm a terrible mess right now. And then you turn the corner and New York presents this inspiration or like this, this, object that you're like okay i thought i was doing bad but like this is something completely different yes yes (laughs) or in new york also it just you know what i think it is i think that and and you can correct me here i think that there's just so much life and the personalities in new york seeing that it's such a cultural melting pot and you're absolutely that you get to transcribe that into your own personal experience everyone is a narrative everyone's living their own truth yes (laughs) but it's but we're all the same but we're all the same like everyone's trying to like do their own thing and then like there are times when we all like have it all in common even if it's just the thing that we have in common is that we're on the same train today you know but like i don't know where you're going i don't know what you're going through but girl we're here together in this moment and it's actually beautiful and what I really like about your Instagram is how you express yourself uh, on your Instagram. It's, it's truly a key. It's truly oh, a girl. key. Can you share the ingredients that have kind of contributed to this cocktail of expression? I mean, I hear a little bit of church mom in there. I'm yes. Theater. I'm hearing slang. It's 
everything. Like, first of all, it's you got to start off with love. I don't ever want to approach anything I do, honestly, in my life going forward with negativity or a sense of like, oh, she's a mess. Like, I'm making fun at that. No, I want to celebrate this person in a different narrative that maybe they would never been celebrated in before. Um, so I take <laughs> pop culture. I take now what's going on now in the news i take what day is it like oh like we've changed wednesday girl hashtag like like (laughs) you know (laughs) i like i try to take all of those things and like work it into like even just what i'm feeling but it's always got to be in the voice of a celebration even because like literally some of the best she has had it's i've written on my worst days where i literally i'm saying yes to someone else and i'm struggling to find my personal yes yeah i mean i feel like i mean every Every post that you're doing is definitely a read of the subject, but I like what you just said about love. In fact, do you consider reading an act of love? Like, um, I mean, does it because it is rooted in this love of the subject that you're talking about? That the read actually isn't a negative read. It's a it's like a positive read in a lot of ways. No, and I mean, I think it all depends on the person, the mindset of the reader, the mindset of the writer, and the mindset of the person being read. Because not everybody is like willing to be read. And like honestly, I have to understand that if I'm going to read, I have to be willing to be read. And sometimes there are pages of that book that you don't want read. You know, Uh, but. (laughs) But it's all. I like that you said. You said one time, uh, you know, like you can go ahead and read me because I've already read myself three times before I walk out the door today. Oh, girl, it's a struggle every day. Like as someone that battles depression and still battles, like it's never gonna go away. But it's fine. Like you know, I'm every day is a step where I'm learning to love myself and the things around me more. Honestly, it's just me looking at life and literally searching for the beauty. Because honestly, y'all know how New York can be. Like she's vicious at times, and if you don't know how to get yourself back in that mindset you can find like find yourself in a really dark space that is not good for anyone so even in the reading like you can get so easy into just picking fun at obvious things about a person or a situation or where someone is in their life and that's just that's not fun like I, I don't really kind of get down with that or people that do that so I really try to like stay in the celebration tone you know I love what you said there. I think that reading is totally an act of love and especially sometimes necessary in New York when you can get down. Um, amongst our friends, it's always like, okay, I may need a daily read. You know, mm. is, yes. Is the library is the Ooh. library open because Ooh. you need to be read today. You just need to. Girl, oh, my friends got library cards. You know, a full library card, <laughs> glasses. The messy bun is when you. Girl, they the read me like a up. Craigslist listing. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I'm inspired by those ladies that are just living their truth and walking out the door with that big ass motorbell. Ma- That's motor what I love. That, I love I mean, that I wish so that much. I, I wish I was strong enough that I could, uh, with my own sense of style, that I'm fearless and walking out the door and just saying, "Look at me, how I am right now. I'm a, I'm a mess, but I look, I look good. <laughs> I'm a good That's- mess." That's what I'm learning. That's what I learned to do. That's like what I would hope people learn and take away from it. Like, you know, yes, queen. I mean, like, it's not even like about gender. It's not like a your everyone's a queen to me because I think it takes someone on a higher level to just be able to embody their life in its current form. The good, the bad, like no matter where you are, like, listen, like, you know, those days when like you are a hot mess at the bodega, girl, you got house shoes on and then you meet like the cutest guy. Do you know if there's <laughs> one thing I remember about New York is catching the bodega trade? So are you speaking from experience right there? Oh, yes. Ooh, that's my journey. Ah. Ooh. 
<laughs> Do you think that there are some trains or some neighborhoods in New York City that are better for She Has Had It? Like, each subway line has such a different set of riders. I'm wondering if there's any that you love in particular to ride. No, honestly, like, I don't think it's indigenous to even a train because, like, even now, like, they come from, I get submissions from all over the world. Like, people just send me things. Like, I literally have an inbox of like 2,000 pictures that I haven't even like gone through yet. Of course I'm not going to use nudity. I'm not going to use, I have like decorum, but like still, like it has not, like it used to be like Harlem, like girl, 125th Street. Trains, like honestly it's anywhere, anytime, any street in America. Your use of hashtags as well, you've already used a couple of them. You know, we oh. Change Wednesday. Some of my <laughs> favorites, you know, are uh, hashtag bottom nation. Oh. Hashtag Uta, Uta Hagen choices was Uta. the smartest oh my God. one that I think I've ever seen. Do you have any <laughs> favorites? Oh, and you know uh, you're gonna have to. You know you're gonna have to add hashtag polyverse in there. That's now. right. You yes. Oh my God. Um, my favorites. I think like uh, hashtag face down hopes up. I don't know. There's so many. Like I and also like I write posts and I never read them ever again. So I never remember what I say. <laughs> <laughs> so another thing earlier today um, in this episode we were talking we were talking through examples of queer expression. Yes. The first taken and and when we thought about queer expression we were we were looking at it from at first it was used as a way to protect and also mark identity amongst gays and queers but mm-hmm. now with society with society changing and there's larger acceptance of gays and queers there's like this mainstreaming of gay lingo. What are your thoughts on that? I'm here for it, and at times I'm kind of like a little worried about it because it can go either way. I'm all for inclusive inclusiveness, like including everyone a part, making everyone a part of the conversation. Like even like with Yes Queen for me, which is something that like I I can't say I created it, but I definitely really used it the most before people started using it. Like now it's being printed on shirts and like, you know, it, I got it copyrighted and it was too late to get it copyrighted because so many people have claimed ownership. So like even twerking, like twerking, for example, like people think Miley invented twerking, which is not true or like brought it to the forefront when girl, we've been twerking since I was a kid. Like we didn't call it twerking. You just call it like back in that ass stuff. But like all of these words, like they, they've been around and like, I, I would hope that like even us as a queer society, us as people like that, we do the research. Like I'm all about like a backstory and I like to like know the root of these things. Like Paris is burning is my Bible. And like even before that, like the ball scene and just like queer culture, gay culture, the AIDS um, epidemic. Like when I was like finding who I was myself as a man in this culture, in this generation, like I was just doing research to just know, not necessarily like that I need to copy anyone, but I just like want to know why these things are and why it works this way. Even like being a black gay man, like that's such a different thing than just being an average gay man. So, you know, to open the conversation and to have these words and like lingos that I think it's a good thing, but I also would hope that it would spark a need for more knowledge. When we first started working on this episode, I had really appropriated yes for a whole different meaning, which we talked about, like immediacy and this like need for living in the moment. Yes. Um, and I. And, and I and I had to give him a slight read. It was mm-hmm. it was a little and it was a hard Listen. moment for me because I was I'm a white cisgendered gay male and mm-hmm. I completely realized that I well I mean I thought honestly I thought that you had 
I really legit thought that you had created Yas. Mm, you I wish. I wish, girl. I would be so comfortable right now. But then I remembered, oh, yeah, like, Paris is burning. Like, there, th- this, this term, all of these words that are used really have a root in... Uh, queer people of color in that community and I had to I had to like take a step back and be like oh wait I cannot I this is not my word to use I can't appropriate it and we need to know the history of the words that we use we need to pay respect to where they came from I think that's also the beauty in being read is how to like say like wow I'm sorry I did not realize that and then like hopefully then you would go and look more like have you seen Paris is burning like do you know like I mean like do you know these things so you know what what's next for Jarvis What's next for She Has Had It? Oh, She Has Had It is going through like a major revamping right now. I now own She Has Had It uh, as a copyrighted entity. And that took me two years and the brunt of my money. But I, I'm ready to really like, so right now I'm working with writers, though I've solely write, I will still solely write for She Has Had It, but I'm trying to capitalize and like make it as good as it can be. Honestly, like I don't care much about the future because I like, honestly, I don't own it. I really only have right now, but I'm excited for what's to come. And if even if that's something I'm not expecting or something that could go wrong, like, listen, I've gone through hell already, like whatever, like it's okay, I'm gonna be fine. Got it, that's a really beautiful answer. I'm happy to hear that you know it's 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 going through another evolution and you have a team and you're going to be able to inspire people with your work and share your creative vision podcast is called powerverse so i wanted to ask you what what do you think a powerverse is and then secondly are you a powerverse i mean i know she loves the bottom but i'm wondering <laughs> oh, girl, we put my resume out there like that but if you know somebody that's in the power topping um <laughs> arby, arby then, loves the power top to be honest oh, girl, she's double joining and my safe word is don't stop what do you think i mean what's a powerverse to you uh, I think it's a way of living, honestly, not just not just sexually. I think we should be power verses in our lives because, listen, if something doesn't work, you got to be versatile to change it up and like try something else. And if you add the word power, that means that it's a mastered skill. That means you are clean sheets, you know, like you are very good at this. Um, so I think it's a great thing. I think we need more power verses, honestly, because I'm so tired of us both reaching for the lube. <laughs> thank you for that one thank you so much well we have loved having you on today Jarvis. thank you, you so are, much for having me you are so amazing you make me laugh you make me cry <laughs> you give me life and i and this is so, so wonderful i'm so us. proud of you guys this is amazing thank you we are thank so you. excited to uh to share this with the world and to share you with even more people because <laughs> you need to be you need to be known even more. Even more. We wish you continued we wish you continued success in your creativity. Yes. Yes, yes. All right, guys. Yes. Have a good day. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. That is another episode of Powerverse. That's it. That wraps our fourth episode fourth episode we're so grateful that you're here with us guys a big special thanks to all of our supporters everyone that makes this podcast possible and today especially uh a special thanks to our guest jarvis durrell who had us laughing thanks for coming in i needed that laugh i I needed that moment exactly and thanks to all of you our listeners we are so grateful to have a world of power verses out there that are listening in every week. Absolutely. And as we always say, follow us on Twitter at PowerVersePC, Instagram at PowerVersePodcast, 
Facebook at Powerverse, and check out our website, www.powerverse.com, where you can listen to all of our episodes. Exactly. We want to hear from you guys. Uh, send us your comments and your woofs, your likes, ideas to powerversepodcast at gmail.com. And just so you know, in the future, we will be using those emails that we've been receiving and those suggestions and those submissions. We are so grateful for all of the response that we've had so far. Yep. If you like what you heard today, share it. We love reviews. Review us on Apple. I'm RB. I'm Michael. And thanks for listening to Powerverse. Thanks, guys.